Welcome to Shekinah International Podcast. Our ministry reflects the five-fold ministry model Apostle Paul mentions in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. Our podcast features leaders from multiple churches who are passionate about equipping Christians just like you to walk in purity and power, fulfilling your God-given purpose. God wants to do great exploits through you, so enjoy today's podcast. on how long the sermon is going to be today, so hopefully, <laughs> I mean, I might put myself to sleep, we don't know, we'll see what happens, but, um, not at all, <laughs> so, yeah, um, Jesus, we just ask that you would continue to be a part of the service today, and that you would have your way, and that whatever it is that you want to say would be said, okay, so the gift of life. Um, I'm not going to tackle the meaning of life because I could probably only do like one one millionth of like what that would be. Uh, so I'm just going to talk about like the gift of life in general and like what I've learned that to be just in like, I feel like the past seven years of my life. Um, so yeah, I was asking God what he wanted me to talk about specifically and I really felt like he just wanted me to encourage everyone that life is a gift. Um, Candy had mentioned last week that she was, you know, like struggling with, like the idea of just wanting to be in heaven with Jesus. And I felt like that statement just like really resonated with me in the past two years of my life because I know that I have had similar feelings but not because I wanted to be with Jesus, it was because I wanted to be done with the world and my circumstances and my feelings and like all of the icky things that we don't like. Um, So yeah, I think the past seven years of my life was spent learning that life is a gift that God has given to us. Um, He has created and seen the good and he wants to share those parts of life with us. Um, He has also seen the bad, and because he turns all things to good, there's even good in the bad that he wants to share with us. So, I was praying about what, like, what in the Bible God wanted me to (laughs) share with you guys, and I do have, like, verses from, like, different parts of the Bible, but, like, the main thing that he brought up was... Ecclesiastes, and um, I was telling Mrs. Butler yesterday, because we were talking, and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm a lot healthier because I don't want to die, and she laughed at me, and I was like, yeah, I don't have that feeling anymore, like, I don't want to die, I want to live, like, you know, and so I was like, it seems like something's good is going on inside, so... But then I was reading Ecclesiastes, and I'm sure a lot of you have opened up to that book, and the first, like, or no, the second verse in there is meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless. And I'm like, wow, that's a very interesting attitude to have about life from someone who's supposed to be all wise and knowing, you know? And I was like, I think he has a little too much wisdom and not enough joy. He just knows too much. That's the problem. Like, we can't know everything. And that's why God doesn't show us everything. Because our brains don't have the capacity to handle everything. It's like, I don't know. And he talks about that in 
in Ecclesiastes, he says, it's not good to be all wise. And he says, um, he always brings it back around to like, the only thing that I know that is good is this. And we'll get into it more. But I just thought it was really interesting because he kept using the word meaningless. And I didn't count it because I was like, if I count it, I'm sure it's going to be a lot. But <laughs> counting meaningless is meaningless. It doesn't have anything to do with what I want to talk about today. So <laughs> I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't. But so I looked at the meaning of meaningless. Um, I feel like it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's having no purpose or reason. Yeah. And I was like, that's your problem, Solomon. Yeah. You don't know your purpose. Yeah. Like, this is what's going on. Everything is meaningless because you don't know, like, you haven't met Jesus. Like, you need to meet Jesus so he can tell you, you know, what, what's going on. And, um, so yeah, I was reading it last night, and it was interesting to me because I found myself in a similar place in the last two years of my life. I vividly remember having conversations with people and saying, what is the point of this? Like, what is the point? Like, I'm just taking calls all day in the call center. Like, what is the point of this? Like, it's, point it's meaningless. Like. And in Ecclesiastes, he literally says, you toil for no, no reason, like, there's no reason. And I'm sure I quoted word for word verses that were in this book without ever having read the whole thing. Like, Candy is my witness, because I've said most of them to her and Mrs. Butler. Um, so reading it again, I had to laugh because it's like, it was almost like I wrote it. I was like, God took my journal and like put it in here. That's kind of rude, but okay. Um, so anyway, I was thinking, um, if this is what it means for something to be meaningless, what does it mean to have purpose? Because I was like, wow, that feels like the opposite. It should be, I should have purpose. Oh, also, coffee is the meaning of my life. Yes. Jesus is first, of course. But then it is coffee. <laughs> and so this PowerPoint is coffee themed. I hope you enjoy all the varieties of coffee. You'll never get bored with coffee. It will never let you down. Anyway, it might give you heartburn if you use the wrong one. Oh, um, yeah. So purpose is the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. <laughs> so after reading this book, I genuinely felt like this man just didn't understand his purpose. After so much time of studying, he just got lost in the knowledge of it all. Um, and I feel like a lot of what Candy shared last week was figuring out who you are, what your purpose is, so I felt like that was a pretty good like precursor to today. Um, and I think to understand how and why life is a gift, you need to understand what your purpose is. If you don't know who you are or what you're doing, everything is going to be meaningless, like I said in the beginning. Like, two years ago, taking calls in the call center, I got so sucked into like the call center that I lost my purpose or like who I was as a person. And so that's kind of when everything went meaningless. You know, we were all at home all the time. We didn't really get to see the world anymore. Like, not seeing things, not doing things. Things started to lose their meaning because you weren't living it anymore. 
You weren't doing what God wanted you to do. Um, so I wanted to share some highlights from this book. It kind of goes back and forth to everything sucks, to this is the good stuff in life, this is what, <laughs> this is what we should do, you know? Um, so this is the first one that I wanted to share. Well, this is the beginning of what I wanted to share, and then I'll just read it all, and then I'll kind of talk about what I wanted to share. Um, so Ecclesiastes 9, 4 through 6, it says, Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a living dog is better off than a dead lion. For the living know that they will die, but the dead know nothing. They have no further reward, and even their name is forgotten. Their love, their hate, and their jealousy have long since vanished. Never again will they have a part in anything that happens under the sun. And it goes on to say, Go, eat your food with gladness, and drink your wine with a joyful heart, for God has already approved what you do. Always be clothed in white, and always anoint your head with oil. Enjoy life with your wife, whom you love. And Solomon was writing this, so that's why he says that. Um, all the days of this meaningless life that God has given you under this sun, all your meaningless days, there's a little of his character thrown in there. <laughs> yeah. For this is your lot in life and your toilsome labor under the sun. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. For in the realm of the dead, where you are going, there is neither working, nor planning, nor knowledge, nor wisdom. So, basically what I got out of it, because if you read that and you don't, like, process as you're reading, it sounds like, just do whatever you want. Eat, drink, wine, you know, like, God approves of it, you know, like, do whatever you want. But, like, I don't, I don't feel like that's what he's saying, you know, like, when I was reading and I was processing with God, like, I was saying, if you're alive, you have hope. Like, you have to have hope if you're living. Like, if you're already dead, there's no, there's not really anything to hope for. You have the eternal reward. You're with Jesus. Right, right. But if you're living, there's hope. And he's saying, even a dog, a living dog is better off than a dead lion. Like, if you compare the two, a lion is way stronger than a dog, right? But he's saying the lion is dead. Yeah. Like, he has nothing else to offer to this world. Come on, say If there's nothing else to offer to this world, the dog, who was way lesser, has more to offer, you know? Um, so with life, there is hope. What then is to be chosen when you are alive but hope? Um... I also was thinking, like, if everything is meaningless on both sides, like he's thinking, then why not choose the side that will offer more prosperity in the long run? Amen. Because our life is in Jesus, and I do talk about that a little bit later, like, we can choose the foolish side yeah. that he talks about in there. Like, he, he compares wisdom and foolishness back and forth, but like... And he says, they're both the same, they both done the same, they both die, but like they don't both live the same. They don't both experience the same. Like, living with wisdom and living with Jesus, you have a fuller, more abundant life. Yeah. Living as a fool, like, you basically get what you ask for, you know? I could have kept going in the call center and said, what is my purpose? Like, I hate everything, like I'm just doing this to get money. I'm not, but I wasn't really living my life the way God wanted me to, you know? Yeah. 
So like I could have kept doing that, or like what I felt like I started doing after was pursuing Jesus even more. Yeah. Like what was my life in Him, you know? And then He says, um, "Go and eat your food with gladness." So if you're like, man, I can't eat this food because calories, you know? I just said you can eat it and be happy. He also said the same thing about wine. That's what I'm gonna agree with him on. Um, uh, so yeah, there's that. Don't worry about those calories, guys. It's fine. <laughs> um, yeah, so I also wrote here, like, of course we know now that life is not, in fact, meaningless as God has a purpose for each and every one of us. We know that he has a perfect plan in place where his kingdom will come. Uh, but when we lose sight of our purpose or we don't know what our purpose is, it can be hard to find joy. Because we're looking at the wrong things. That's right. Um, we can end up being like whatever season Solomon was in when he wrote this. And saying that everything is meaningless. Um, but I think some of what we can... Sometimes we can feel meaningless because no one person can see the full picture. Like, Solomon even says, find joy in your lot. Like... When you're looking at your lot, you're only seeing like where it, where it is in like a very small picture of the entire world, like or I guess God's entire vision for the world. Yeah. Um, but yeah, find joy in the difficult things in your life because there are things that we have the ability to do now that we won't when we reach eternity. Like we're not going to be working for things in eternity. There's going to be peace, no more tears. But like. You, have you guys ever worked so hard at something and been so proud at the end of it? Like, feeling so accomplished and it just builds you, you know? Like, that, it feels hard and kind of, like, rough and not good as you're doing it. But when you come out of it, it feels good. Like, that's not something that you'll have to do when you're in heaven. But, like, that's a reward here now. And I feel like God wants us to enjoy those things, too. And those are things we can hold on to while we're waiting for eternity. Um, let's see. So basically, we're left with the idea that we don't really fully know what is going to happen. If you read Ecclesiastes, like on your, you know, whenever you have time, he says that a lot, too. Like, nobody knows what tomorrow's going to bring. Nobody knows what the full picture is. Um, something may look one way now, but we don't really know what the future holds. Your circumstances could be close to changing. Your life could be close to turning around. Why waste your time feeling hopeless and wondering when the day of your death will come? You know for certain that you're going to die sometime. It's going to happen. Like, why not enjoy the ride between now and then, you know? Why not do the fun things that God wants you to do? between now and then. Like, for me personally, when I think about my, like, my own personal story, I look back at the times when I was working in the call center and working from home, where I do have regrets. Like, I could have enjoyed more time with Jesus being at home and not having to worry about going into work every day. Or, like, enjoying more time at home with, like, Cammy or the dogs or the cat. You know, like enjoying the little things and not being so negative at the end of it. Yeah. Like, I feel like it would have been so much more fun 
If I was just like, well, work's done, don't have to worry about that, let's have fun now, you know? Like, just, I don't know, that's just what God was like telling me about. Anyway, responses to this season in Solomon's life. I'm sure Solomon is up there like, I'm gonna have conversations with this girl. <laughs> I'm kind of scared. It's a good thing I don't have to worry about that for a while. <laughs> anyway, John chapter 10, 9 through 11. Um, so I feel like this was a response to what Solomon was sharing, that our life is not meaningless because God, or Jesus came to give our life meaning. Of course, there was meaning from the very beginning when God created the heavens and the earth, and he created us for relationship, but even from that point, there was a bigger picture that we could not see. And I'm sure even from this point, there's a bigger picture that we can't see. What we can see is Jesus, right? That's all we need to worry about. That's right. Um, so here it says, I am the gateway to enter through me is to experience life, freedom, and satisfaction. Um, I could stop right there. Uh, Are you looking for life, freedom, and satisfaction? Bam. Jesus. Bam. <laughs> um, a thief has only one thing in mind. He wants to steal, slaughter, and destroy. If you're feeling any of those things, the enemy's messing around, and you should kick him in the shins. <laughs> but I have come to give you everything in abundance, more than you expect. Life in its fullness until you overflow. More than you expect. Like, all I was asking for was a moment of peace, and God wants to give you more than that, you know what I mean? He wants to give you joy and happiness. And consistent joy and happiness and peace, not just a moment of it. Um, and then he says, I am the good shepherd who lays down my life as a sacrifice for the sheep. Um, it also talked about, like, I was reading around this verse, and it talks about how a shepherd, like, after the pen is closed, he'll lay down in front of the gate at night to keep the wolves out. Like, if you're feeling lacking in life, like, Jesus is right there. You just have to open the gate and ask him for some more, you know? Um, the other one that I thought was a good response um, was John 8, verse 12. It says, Then Jesus said, I am, which can also be like, I am God. God is I am. Light to the world. And those who embrace me will experience life giving light. And they will never. And the Greek word here is a double negative. So emphatically saying, never, no, never. Like, never, never walk by, um, walk in darkness. So the Aramaic here for walk in darkness is they will never be driven, pushed by the darkness. Oh, so, <laughs> so embrace Jesus and you'll never be pushed or walk in dark darkness, you know? Yeah. Um, so I wanted to include this because when we're in a state of mind where it feels like everything is dark, Jesus reminds us that he is the key to unlo unlocking the light in life. Um, so yeah.
I'm sure Solomon is up there now talking to Jesus. <laughs> Somebody needs to hear that book. We should keep it there. <laughs> so I was thinking about all of this and um, because I've really been reflecting a lot of the last couple of months about my life and what I feel like God wants to do in my life and stuff like that. And I was just really feeling like we're coming into like a new season of life and like it just feels like springtime, you know, when all the dead things come to life type of feeling. And I was like, God, this can't just be for me. Like, I can't be the only one feeling these things. And I feel like there are people out there that he's feeling that for, too. Like, it's a new season for a lot of people. And maybe for some people it's not a new season. They're not in that season. They're going through a different journey. That's cool. But I feel like, you know, this is out there for people who want it. And... I've always been frustrated because I'm like, God, how do I change my season? Like, I don't want to be going through this season anymore. And um, I don't know if it's possible to, I, I don't think, I don't know. You can pray and be like, God, change my circumstances, you know? But like, if, if there's a lesson you're going through, I don't know if he's just going to stop those circumstances. But what can change is your heart. You know, you can change your heart, so... I was asking, like, how do we transition into a new season of life? Um, so, uh, like I said, I don't know if we can force something to change around us, but we can initiate the change within us. Um, and we can prepare our hearts for a new season of our life, for a season of joy in life. Um, so in Ecclesiastes, he says, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Um, he goes on to say later, what do workers gain from their toil? I've seen the burden God has laid on the human race. He has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. I know that there is nothing better for people than to be happy and to do good while they live, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil. This is the gift of God. I know that everything that God does will endure forever. And that's Ecclesiastes 9.14, I think. Nine, yeah. But yeah, I wanted to share that because like, there is a time for everything. If, you know, if you're in a time of, like, I feel like I don't have life right now, there's a time for that, and that's okay. But if you're, if you've been in that time for a while and you're like, man, I need something to change, then it's time for life, you know? Um, okay. So I wanted to share this because I thought this was really cool. Um, Proverbs chapter 4, 23. Um, but I'm going to read actually 4, 20 through 24, like that whole section, because, okay, that section was titled Healing Words, and I was like, wow, I feel like this is the key to life. Anyway, Jesus is the key to life, and this is like another key, you know, for a different walk. Okay. Um, <laughs> so it says, listen carefully, my dear child, to everything that I teach you, and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, or discover my words, 
They will impart true life and radiate health into the very core of your being. So above all, guard the affections of your heart. So here the word heart, uh, the Hebrew word levav, probably saying that wrong, sorry, Alan, uh, is the most common word for heart. It includes our thoughts, our wills, our discernment, and our affections. So, so above all, guard the affections of your heart, the thoughts, your wills, your discernment, for they affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring. Most translations here for wellspring use the issues of life. The Hebrew word yasa is actually seasons, especially springtime. Out of your heart flow the seasons of life. It is our hearts, not our ages or circumstances, that shape the seasons of our lives. If our hearts are tender to God, we can live in perpetual springtime. Always spring, even when your circumstances are winter. Like, it can be always spring inside of you, which will radiate out towards whatever is going on. So pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, for from there flows the wellspring of life. Avoid dishonest speech and pretentious words. Be free from using perverse words no matter what. So I feel like the common theme and like when I was going through everything was be careful what you say. Because it starts in your heart and then it comes out from what you say. And if you want to have more life, you need to speak life. So like when I talk about like my heart, when I'm trying to like convey like how my heart is feeling or what's going on inside of my heart, I like to make the analogy of like weather because I feel like that's the best way to um, kind of, I guess, illustrate what's going on in my heart. I don't know. Uh -huh. So like if I'm feeling sad, I'll be like, it's kind of cloudy oh. in my heart today. Um, but yeah, just using that analogy, like, how can you adjust your internal weather for a new season, you know? Um, we always talk about being the thermostat, but you can't just walk into a room and change the temperature if your temperature inside's not doing great, yeah. you know? Um, so yeah. So, how can I adjust my internal weather? Wow, this is gonna be a short sermon today. I'm the best, just kidding, okay. <laughs> um, uh, so the first way is to worship or give thanks. Uh, the second way, reflect on your thoughts and words. And the third way is to take heart. I would also like to add, talk to someone. Yes, that's good. Um, <laughs> okay, Rebel, just kidding. No. Um, <laughs> she's going to need prayer after this. <laughs> prayer team. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, talk to someone who has more wisdom, more experience than you. Have an open heart to the idea that most definitely, you do not have the full picture, and maybe you're standing in the corner of the picture frame 
that is darker than the rest of the picture frame, and you just need to move a little bit to the right oh. to get that light. Huh. But you should talk to someone.
Their blindness keeps them from seeing the day spring light, or the Aramaicus, the flame of the good news, of the gospel, of the glory of Christ, who is the divine image of God. We don't preach ourselves, but rather the Lordship of Jesus Christ, for we are your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who said, let brilliant light shine out of darkness, is the one who has cascaded his light into us. The brilliant dawning light of the glorious knowledge of God as we gaze into the face of Jesus Christ. <clears throat> and then it goes on to say, We are like common clay jars that carry this glorious treasure within us, so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God's, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times, we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. Amen. We may be knocked down, but not out. Amen. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies, so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. Amen. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to death for Jesus' sake, so that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, First I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him, and together we will all be brought into his presence. <clears throat> Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. And this is the part that I... So no wonder we don't give up, for even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is renewed every single day. Amen. So I always joke, and I'm like, God, I'm getting old. <laughs> But he renews us inside and inside we're young. Yeah, you know? right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> we view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as a substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison. Because we don't focus our attention on what is seen, but on what is unseen. That's right. For what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. So yeah, I just wanted to share that because that whole chapter really encouraged me. <laughs> okay, so the last thing I have here is this picture. That's lovely. <clears throat> so I don't know if you guys like saw recently, but you know, like NASA will send like things up into space to take pictures. And this is one of the pictures they got. A couple days ago. Wow. <clears throat> um, so this is a picture from the Webb Space Telescope that they recently got in the Carina Nebula, I think it's called. Yeah. Uh, this picture is known as the Cosmic Eclipse. Mm -hmm. This is basically where stars are born for this specific area. Um, 
It is the edge of the giant gaseous, gaseous cavity within NGC 3324, I don't know, science people. Um, and the tallest peaks in this image are about seven light years high. So that is nothing to what it looks like, or what it would look like if you were in a spaceship outside of that. Seven light years high, you wouldn't be able to see the end of it. Um, so I wanted to share that because God created this. Like, our God created that. And he created you. Yeah, that's right. And he calls them both beautiful. Like, if you're looking at that and you're like, that's beautiful. Like, God's looking at you and saying, you're more beautiful than that. You know? He's like, those are just stars that are being birthed. They're growing. They're baby stars. You're still more beautiful than that. Like... And he gave you the gift of like being able to talk, walk around, and do all of this stuff. And he's like saying, this is my gift to you is life. Yeah. Like, and yeah, I just wanted to share that because I was like, this isn't enough evidence. Like, how grand and beautiful that is. Like, that doesn't even capture everything. They took other pictures too, but I thought this one was like, those look like mountains in the sky, you know? Um... Yeah, I guess that's all I had. Like, just wanted to encourage you guys that that life is a gift, and just because you know you're kind of down here right now doesn't mean that your life is any less valuable or any less of a gift. Especially when you see someone else and their life is like up here, you know, and you're like, I'm gonna need you to have a little less joy because I'm happy right now, you know, like. You can be there too. Like maybe not that day, you know, that might be asking a lot, but like <laughs> you can be there too. And just by worshiping or reflecting or spending time with Jesus or reading the word, reflecting on your own words, your own thoughts. What did I say today or think today that's making me not feel like I want to have life? You know? <clears throat> like that simple thing can like turn your whole mind around. And listening to what God wants you to do, like, is there something he's asking you to do? Like, even if it's something that's hard, like, if you do it, there's life on the other side because you listened. You know? And that will change your circumstances, too. And that's all I have. And I hope someone was encouraged. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember... With God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey. Because God is good, and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com. If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled 
listener support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.